from a barber shop on the east side of the city. It's two middle-aged men in Cleveland, featuring male grooming and shaving expert, Doug Smythe. And now, two guys with razor-sharp wit. Yeah, right. Ken Dworznik and Ted Clark. Enjoying much needed warmer weather than we've had in the past couple weeks. And it's making us feel very good as we head to episode 44, Ken Dworznik, Ted Klopp, two middle-aged men in Cleveland. And Ted, on our last podcast, I kind of told you a story about what I was doing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, and I suggested that we update each week and see how you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. I like to update you. So there's a reason I'm not a professional gambler. We'll leave it at that. Okay. So after we had our podcast, I don't know if a bunch of the Cavaliers listened or J.B. Bickerstaff was listening to our podcast. Now, when we had our podcast, they'd lost 10 in a row. Yes. Okay. So since then, they've won three straight. (laughs) They beat the lowly Atlanta Hawks, Uh lowly Houston Rockets, and then they beat the best team in the East, the Sixers, over the weekend. Okay. So my philosophy is out the window. Yeah. Okay. I've now become Derek Bell, who used to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I am now in Operation Shutdown. I okay. am not betting. I'm doing nothing because no now witness, please. they've messed up my graphs. They've messed up my charts, and I don't know what to do. So I guess now I'm going to have to bet on them. Bet oh, them to boy. win. Oh, boy. We'll see. What does Aowen think of this turn of the tide? Well, first of all, she thinks I'm completely nuts. So. Well, I mean, that's that's first and foremost. Her philosophy is if you win, just close it out because God knows you'll lose at some point. So that's the I think the philosophy I'm going to take on. But uh, I like that. Congrats to the Cavs winning games. You know, the over under for the season was 21. They're at 13 right now. They got a shot because they play all the way until May. They play games in May because they changed the schedule because they didn't start till December. So, we'll so see you're saying happens. there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a gleam. There's a chance. <laughs> there is a gleam. Well, I have a couple dad moments that I wanted to share. So as we were putting my youngest son to bed last night, he says, do I have school tomorrow? And I said, yeah, you got school tomorrow. He says, oh, you know, when you're seven years old, you don't necessarily remember what day of the week it is. You know, you just get up and people tell you what to do and you do it. So he says, he's disappointed that he has school. And I said, well, buddy, all your friends are at school. You get to go see your friends. And he says, yeah, daddy, but I don't get to spend any time with you. Oh, come on. Jeez. (laughs) So he and I, he's taken piano lessons and he likes to, we have a couple duets and my wife bought a book of duets so we're going to learn some new duets when he gets home from school today. That's cool. I told That's him awesome. I'd spend I didn't know you played. How long you've been playing piano? I didn't know this. Oh, I, yeah, I played piano. I took piano lessons for a few years when I was a little boy and I still remember how to play. My dad was excellent. He could, if he heard a song, he could play it. Oh my God. Unbelievable. So yeah, we're going to learn some duets. And so that was really cool to hear him say that. And then over the weekend, my oldest son, who's playing goalie 
for his hockey team got his first shutout of the season. Oh, that's you know, awesome. Last or second last game. But yeah, he got a shutout. So that was very exciting. And with all the COVID restrictions, you know, you can't always have two parents at the game. So there's not a lot of games where both my wife and I can go. Well, this was one of the games where we could both go. So I'm sitting next to her and she's rocking back and forth on the bench. And every time the puck goes down towards our edge, oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, 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 oh. And I, I said, uh, Mrs. Klopp, are you going to have a heart attack? And she says, I might. And I paused and I said, nervous. And she said, yeah. And I said, first time. And she said, no, I've been nervous lots of times. <laughs> right out of airplane. I was so proud of her. It was tremendous. You guys are hand in hand. That's <clears throat> it is. It is neat to see your kids, but I, I will say like when they get in tight spots and they're in a situation that they not necessarily been in before you do get a little bit nervous because you, you do want them be to succeed. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Well, yep. because so many times you've been there to help them and now you can't. That's right. You have you to do it on their own. Them. They got to, they got to learn. They, they got to learn. Do what they learned. And I often say this to my wife, you know, she gets, worked up about something. I say, let him fail. He'll learn. Yeah, yeah it's true. Great I think, advice. I think the, the best thing that kids can do sometimes is fail at something because they won't want that to happen again. Well said, sir. Well said. All right. Well, coming up on our show, men's shaving and grooming expert, Doug Smythe is here to tell us the correct way to shave. Apparently it is likely that we've been doing it all wrong. This week in Cleveland history has a look at a historic event for the Cleveland baseball team. President Biden makes our misspeak of the week and a doctor appears for virtual traffic court trial. You won't believe where he was conferencing in from. We're going to let you hear the courtroom exchange in this week's collection of Klopp's clips. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Blah, blah, Our guest today says he is a male grooming and shaving guru. He has been in the world of shaving for several years after developing his first perfume as a child. 
Sounds very interesting. So let's talk with Doug Smythe. Doug, thanks for your time. So your bio says uh, male grooming and shaving. You're doing it all wrong. So what am I doing wrong? What are we doing wrong as far as shaving goes? Well, typically what most men are doing wrong, and I should point out, aside from a shaving guru, I'm also a male grooming guru, hence the beard I'm currently sporting. Right. Uh, I call it my COVID. My COVID do is what I got going on right now. I haven't been to a barber since March. But what, what typically men are doing wrong is they're using disposable cartridge or multi-blade razors, what we've been brought up on. At least anyone in my generation has been brought up on. In fact, I believe my first cartridge razor was sent to me thanks to uh, the civil service. I don't know if you guys got a mock Mach 10 or whatever it was in the mail back in the late 80s, early 90s, but uh, I did. So we've been using these one-size-fits-all plastic cartridge razors, pretty much sold a bill of good over the years, which never had anything to do with a better shape or providing a better shape. What it had to do with was in the early 70s, 71, 72, Gillette and Wilkinson Sword, two major safety razor developers, they were running out of their patents for double-edged blades. So they need to create something new. And what they came up with was the multi-blade cartridges. And they went from a multi-million dollar company overnight, both of them, to multi-billion dollar companies. And with the birth of these cartridge razors now, we saw razor burn, razor bumps, ingrown hairs. These are things we didn't talk about beforehand. We didn't even have products to deal with these things back in the day. Now they created the product, uh, the problem and the solution, it seems. So yeah, you can't use the one-size-fits-all product on your face. It's the wrong tool for the job because we all have different whisker types, different hair types, different skin types, different shapes to our face, so on and so forth. Uh, so what I'm doing is pushing men to go more traditional route, which is using a traditional safety razor where you can, you know, there's hundreds of different razor designs to choose from, thousands of different blade types to choose from as well, different soaps, different brushes to use. So you can finally customize the shave to your own unique face, which you could never do before with goo in a can and a cartridge multi-blade razor. Doug, one thing you talked about, I had an opportunity to read some of your stuff and it's outstanding. You've got some different uh, sites, oh, or different things to talk about on your website, things like that. One option or one thing that you talked about that I'm very interested in hearing more about is wet shaving. Talk about what wet shaving is and what, you're, what you feel as though people should be doing if they're doing wet shaving. That's exactly what I'm talking about. We, we call this return to traditional shaving, wet shaving, which is sometimes confusing for people because we all tend to use water unless we're using electric razors. When I give a talk anywhere, I try to shy away from using the term wet shaving because everyone thinks they're already doing that and they're not. But in this hobby, and that's what we refer to it as. So wet shaving, what that really is, is it means you're using a brush and soap. Doesn't matter what the razors you're using with it, but traditionally using a brush and soap indicates that you're using you're a, a wet shaver. What are the benefits of using a brush soap as opposed to goo in a can is you're not dealing with all the propellants and all the things, the nasty things in goo in a can or shaving cream that comes in the can. You're also not hitting up the landfills with these empty cans. You're also, you have the opportunity to create a hot lather for the first time with a shave brush and a shave soap. And not to mention the um, mild exfoliation and preparation, the brush adds to the shave. So it's more of a soothing, relaxing experience as a like a rush job that we typically do in the morning with that cold foam on our face and the multi-blades. You know, another reason why I think it's good to return to safety razor shaving is you're using a single blade as opposed to four, five, six, seven, eight, how many blades they're adding nowadays. Because every time you drag just one blade across your face, you're taking off a layer of skin. So when you have four, five, six, seven, eight blades, you're taking off a lot of skin. And there's no wonder why most men think they have sensitive skin, where in all actuality, they don't. A lot of guys don't believe me, but they don't. They've been inadvertently giving it to themselves for years by using the wrong tool for the job. So now you control how many passes just one blade 
goes across your face, making for better skin conditions after the fact. And again, it won't shave as as, as deep. I don't want to say as close because it will provide a close shave. But when you're using multi-blades, the first blade lifts, second cuts, third lifts, fourth cuts, so on and forth, so forth. So much so that it'll drop below the skin after the shave is over and cause an ingrown hair or any other condition. It's just begging for that kind of treatment. So you can really fine tune the shave, really dial it in to fit your own unique face. And another thing that to consider is cartridge blades, as you all know, four of them cost like 20 bucks, $25, right? I remember trying to extend the life in college out of my blades, just hanging with one for like a month or two. It looked a disease looking thing I'm looking at towards the end of that. <laughs> I was doing more harm than good being dull. You never want to shave with a dull blade. If you were a Boy Scout, you know, dull blades are not the way to go. So I was trying to get my money's worth out of them. Whereas double-edged safety blades, for a hundred of them cost between $9 and $15. So you're set for years. So right there, it's better for your, you know, better for your wallet, better for your face and better for the environment. Again, you're using a metal safety razor. They're heirloom pieces you can pass down to your children, to your children's children, so on and so forth. It's not just a disposable razor. Even the blades, it can be recycled in certain counties. From your perspective, what is worse? Someone using a cartridge to say shave or someone using an electric razor to shave. Oh God, I hate electric razors. <laughs> I, they just, pull, you know, they pull the hair right out of your face and you got to kind of like man through it. You know, my dad used to use one of those. I tried it a couple of times. They go dull so fast, but yeah, no, don't go the electric shaver route. Those were actually invented by Schick. That was his dream. He invented the Schick razor. I don't know if you guys remember those. Oh yeah. Only to raise enough funds so he could invent his real dream invention, which was the electric razor. But yeah, it's been downhill ever since, if you ask me. <laughs> they don't They do not do a good job at all. So Doug, I have a son who's 12 and I'm not going to say he has a mustache, but he's starting to get the peach fuzz on him and all that kind of stuff. For people that are just starting off shaving, unlike myself or Ted, who've been doing this for a long time and what would you recommend for a, for a person that's first shaving? It's the first time they're going to do anything. What do you recommend for them to start doing and what should they use? When they first of all, I recommend a safety razor. I recommend they pick up a safety razor. You can get a modern one. People are making them again. My company, phoenixshaving.com. We sell our own, but there's also many other ones out there. You can also get vintage ones on eBay still that shave as good today as they did 75 years ago when they came off the assembly line. That's what I mean about these things. So I recommend picking up a safety razor and then picking up a, a sampler pack of double-edged blades. As I mentioned, there's different brands and not all of them are created the same. They all You have to find one that works for your face. The blade edges are just different on all of them. So you, you need a sample pack, hang with each brand for a week, maybe jot down some notes and whatnot, but find really think about what's working best for your face. And then you can experiment with different soaps, fragrance-wise and different brushes. The magical thing about this hobby, I'll call it a hobby because that's pretty much what it is, is men collect all different soaps. They buy hundreds of different soaps because you can really customize the scent too. Whatever mood you're in for the day, you can shave with a soap that smells like a brownie or you can shave with a soap that smells like a classic atmosphere that maybe your dad used back in the day. Uh, that's what my company tries to do is provide all these different scents. We have over 70 scents at any one given moment. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, and seasonals too. Speaking of scents, uh, looking at your bio, you created your first perfume at eight <laughs> years old with a chemistry set. Yes. And yeah, yes. that there, sounds like there's an interesting story there. I was also making bombs too, if that adds anything <laughs> to my credibility as a man. No, it was just one of those, you know, this is back when they sold chemistry sets. I don't think they sell them to kids anymore. You know, in the cookbook, we'll say, there was a recipe for perfume and Mother's Day was coming up. So I, I had my had a go at it and I created a rose perfume thanks to the rose bush in the yard that my mom still has to this day. So I don't know if that says anything about the quality of it, 
but she still does have it in a little little bottle. And uh, yes, that was my first time experimenting with it. And I, granted, I, I that was when I was eight years old. Time had passed. I didn't give it a second thought, but I always thought that was interesting. Like that was one of the things I made with my chemistry set back in the day. It, it was definitely an interest back then. I'm still u- utilizing a lot of those skills. To- <laughs> Doug, is there something that you would recommend or something that men should do? Sometimes you have the irritated skin, obviously from as you talked about, not shaving the right way. And then you put this aftershave yeah. lotion on and my gosh, your, your face is just so irritated. Is there something you recommend for, for men out there that they should be using? Uh, you should definitely be using an aftershave. Uh, an aftershave was, uh, it was originally invented as an antiseptic back in the day because men were actually dying from a barbershop visit, believe it or not. In fact, uh, Henry David Thoreau, his brother died from a visit to the barber, which inspired Thoreau's visit to Walden Pond. He was trying to get away from all that, those feelings and whatnot. But yeah, it caught some type of sepsis from a, a cut that he got from a straight razor shave at the barber. So antiseptic is very important for those, still for those same reasons. It, it really depends on the skin type. Everyone's skin is different, but we do an aftershave, a traditional aftershave splash cologne. So it's like a two-in-one. But we also offer what I call star jelly, which is like a gel, an aftershave gel, which has less alcohol than a straight up aftershave. So if you're a little sensitive to alcohol, the thing with aftershave is it's a lot like hot sauce. Like we as humans are bizarre because we look for things that cause us pain and we get yes. off on that. And it's the same thing with aftershave, that burn, like we like that. And then it dries down to something cooling. It's a very similar experience to hot sauces, I find. So you can move towards a gel, a, a traditional splash, or like a moisturizer type bomb that has no alcohol in it. Again, it's about trial and error when you're figuring out what works best for you, your skin. We have to remember that. We've got to get past that whole one size fits all mentality when it comes to shaving and just try different products. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Can we get you to stick around and play a little game time with us? Certainly. Cleveland! This is for you! Well, another This Week in Cleveland History, we moved to March 9th, 1897, moving a little bit farther out here. Louis Sokalexis signs a major league contract with the Cleveland Spiders. He made his major league debut a month later, becoming the first American Indian in the major leagues. He was a member of the Penobscot tribe from Maine. Sokalexis dealt with racism from both fans and sports writers at the time, some of whom apparently considered it disrespectful to have an American Indian playing professional baseball. Hmm. His signing came just a few months after he was expelled from college due to drinking problems. He battled alcoholism his entire life. Later in 1897, he jumped from a second story window of a brothel, severely injuring his ankle in the fall. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, you know, if you got to get out, you got to get out. Well, You got to get out of there. Yeah. You've had well, Alexis played a total of three seasons for the Spiders, hit 313, three homers, 55 RBIs. He suffered from tuberculosis and heart trouble in his later years. He died on Christmas Eve of 1913 at the age of 42. Now, two years later, the Cleveland baseball team changed their name to the Indians, and the Indians' media guide says that the owners solicited sports writers to ask fans for their favorite nickname. The name Indians was chosen by a young girl. The girl apparently wrote to one of the sports writers whose column requested suggestions, and she specifically mentioned Sock Alexis and his heritage. Now, this is where things get a little murky. The attribution of the new name as being in honor of Sock Alexis is generally discredited 
given the discriminatory treatment he faced that we talked about earlier that happened during that era. News stories published to announce the new name in 1915 make no mention of Sock Alexis. A brief story in the February 28, 1915 issue of The Plain Dealer states that the Indians would wear the depiction of an Indian head on the left sleeve of their uniforms to, quote, keep the Indians reminded of what the Boston Braves did the previous year. That previous year, the Boston Braves, heavy underdogs, swept the Philadelphia A's in the World Series. So this is uh, interesting this week in Cleveland history, given we're starting baseball and the change of the team name. And was the team named after Louis Sock Alexis or not? Well, you know, different, a lot, a lot of different conjecture about that. Really is. I find it very interesting. I didn't really know all the issues that he ran into in his life. My gosh, the tuberculosis and having trouble with alcoholism and all that stuff. My father and many other people, um, you know, certainly that have been quote unquote Indians fans for a long time, continue to say the same story that it was named after him. But as you, as we just mentioned before, there's no actual proof. They don't have it in the newspaper. Obviously, they, they had some young girl mention that she was interested in the name and knowing him as a player, but we don't have any proof of it. So it's really, really kind of strange, to be honest with you. Well, doesn't matter why the team has been named Indians for as long as it's been named the Indians, because this time next year, they won't be called the Indians. So we'll have a new name. The Claps. <laughs> well, we'll see. Once again, another interesting this week in Cleveland history. Cleveland! This is for you! Ted, we have some good news. A koala bear born missing one foot was in the care of Marley Christian from Friends of the Koala. She contacted several prosthetic makers to try and help the triumph the koala. But after a year of trial and error, she had nearly given up. Hmm. In passing, she mentioned the situation to a dental prosthetist in her area of England. He asked if he could try. He took casts of Triumph Stump and created a rubber boot secured with Velcro that works perfectly. Triumph is now running, climbing, and playing. Christian says his entire demeanor has changed. Wow, how about that? That is really cool. We'll put the picture of that on the Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. That's really neat that you're able to uh, help a, an animal in that way. No doubt about that. Uh, you basically have about as close as you can to a normal life. That's, that's I, just great news. I saw something that said that koala bear, because of the foot problem, was starting to develop a back problem. And once hmm. the, he got this rubber foot, that the back problem corrected itself. Unbelievable. Well, Ted, once again, some good news. This speak of the week, President Biden visited Houston last week to see the area affected by the deep freeze. While there, he gave a speech in which he flubbed a couple of politician names and seemed generally confused. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, uh, excuse me, Pinnell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. Oh, boy. That's not a speech that went real well. By the way, the first name he botched was Sheila Jackson Lee. 
Not Cheryl or Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. Oh, gosh. That is the misspeak of the week. All right, time for our game time segment with our guest, Doug Smythe from Phoenix Shaving. And his opponent was recently named the top shaving dad in Northeast Ohio, Ted Klopp. Today's game is called Name That Year. I will read a fact about something to do with the history of shaving. Following the fact, you will each need to guess a year of when it took place. You will have multiple choice, gentlemen. So it's just not throwing years out there. You'll have some options. The winner will be the person who correctly guesses two of the three years. Today's prize is an old disposable razor provided to you in high school when you forgot to shave. This item comes in many different brands and will most likely be rusty because it's probably about 25 to 40 years old if you're a middle-aged okay. man. So Thanks. big prize today for you guys. Yeah. Are you guys ready? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. History of shaving fact number one. Jean-Jacques Perret of France is considered the first person to come up with a razor. He created a, a L-shaped razor out of wood with a straight edge. What year was this created? Was it oh, 1838, God, God. 1760, 1865, or 1900? Doug, you are a guest. You get to guess first. 1760. 1760. Ted. What are the other three? 1838, 1865, and 1900. I'm sure Doug is correct because A, he's the shaving guru, and B, just recalling photos of guys, I'm sure that there were razors back then, but I'll go with uh, 1838. 1838. Well, Ted, you're already falling way down to the <laughs> shaving guru. The correct answer is 1760. Uh-huh. Doug, you are correct. We go one nothing to okay. fact number two. Ted, I think you're in trouble today. I really I, I think you're right. <laughs> Frank Shields is a former MIT professor, and he is credited with creating the first shaving cream. It was called Barbasol. What year did Frank Shields create this shaving cream? Was it 1945, 1907, 1926, or 1919? Ted, you get to guess first this time. I have no idea, but I'll take 1919. Okay. And by the way, you guys can have the same answers. You don't You don't have to have anything different. I'm going to say 1926. 1926. Okay. Well, Ted, I don't know how you did this, but you were correct. 1919. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tough. I don't I know if that's you, true, even though, though, that it was Barbasol. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Well, I found it, uh, Doug, as you know, I found it on the internet. Everything on the internet is correct. Oh, absolutely. Right, you're right. What am, yeah, I, what right. am I talking about? Yeah. But you're probably more than likely right. All right, gentlemen, we go to history of shaving fact number three. We're tied at one. The company, Fabergé, was credited as the first company to create aftershave lotion. It was marketed as Brute 33. This name came from the idea that it was 33% of the original product. In what year was this aftershave lotion created? Was it 1968, 1960, 1971, or 1963? Doug, you get to guess first. 1963. Okay. What and was it was originally cologne. What were the other... The other, the other one's the... 1968, 1960, and 1971. 1960. 1960. Well, Ted, as I thought would happen, 
you are not the winner today. Doug, you are correct. <laughs> 1963 is correct. Congratulations. You <laughs> showed okay, off Jeff. that you are certainly the shaving guru. And I imagine you could probably take that rusty razor that you would have gotten from 25 <laughs> to 40 years ago and, and find something better. But certainly, congratulations. And obviously, want to find out where can people find out more about your products and more information about shaving? Definitely. I mean, if you guys want to learn more about shaving, traditional shaving, we also do a morning shave show that is very much in line with like car talk, where if you don't care about cars, you'll still find the show interesting because we cover a lot of history. We have a lot of fun with that. Uh, we also throw some tips, tricks and hacks at you. And that's called I'd Lather Be Shaving. And you can find <laughs> those episodes at idlatherbeshaving.com. A lot of fun stuff there. We also do a, a shaving conference every year too called the Big Shave Swest, believe it or not, where we have different people, you know, different panel discussions, different vendors from all over the country and the wow. world. Uh, that's called uh, the uh, BigShaveSwest.com. You can learn more about that there. We had to cancel last year's, which was supposed to be in April due to COVID, but the next one's sure to be most epic. I, I I'm, at least I hope so after all this. Uh, <laughs> And then if you want to find out more about us and our products, which I highly recommend you do, is uh, go to phoenixshaving.com. And I have a chat box there. I'm, I'm answering questions all day long. But you can also email me at douglas at phoenixshaving.com. I'm happy to talk about this all day long. It's my passion. Awesome. Well, Doug, I have learned an awful lot about shaving in the last uh, few minutes here. So <laughs> appreciate your time. And thank you. And we'll check out I'd Lather Be Shaving. And I'll Please do. Thanks yeah. a lot, guys, for having me. Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV. You've heard me talk about their top-notch rental services, but don't take my word for it. Here are some Google reviews. The Ohio Society of Association Executives says, not only do they meet every need we have, they anticipate additional services and requests that we have had and are always prepared. The Westside Catholic Center says, the elements they added to our event enhanced every aspect of the evening very easy to work with, incredibly knowledgeable, and made adjustments on the fly. Whether you are planning a virtual or an in-person event, Westminster AV should be your first call for dependable, professional, audio-visual equipment rentals. Call today, 216-325-6960. Again, the number, 216-325-6960. The most trusted name in journalism, Klopp's Clips. All right, Ken, I'm going to get you up to date now on things you probably didn't hear, but I think you should have. We begin this week's collection with a Kentucky woman who, with a Kentucky woman who competed in a TikTok contest for dumbest tattoo. This seems right up our alley. Here is Leah Holland's explanation of her ink. So I got this tattoo. Um, I've wanted it for a couple of years. Basically means like, you know, being true to yourself and real and like not pretending to be something you're not. I got this March 4th, 2020. And it says, courageously and radically refuse to wear a mask. <laughs> not got the that right as a tattoo. time to get a tattoo that says, refuse to wear a mask, huh? Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. The 25-year-old does say that she is not against COVID face coverings. That's confusing. I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand. You're, 
You're not against COVID face coverings, but you have a tattoo that kind of says that. But but wow. just be yourself. Be yourself. Got it. Sticking with face coverings, <clears throat> a South African woman was almost kicked out of a supermarket for not having a mask. Cell phone video shows an employee asking the woman to put on a face mask or leave the store. The woman didn't have a mask, so she improvised. <clears throat> she reached under her skirt and pulled off a black thong, putting it over her face to cover her nose and mouth. Oh, man. The woman then sarcastically asks, happy? As another customer says, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. This is like Keystone Cops. These stories just keep getting better. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, the California Highway Patrol stopped the truck driver traveling in the high-occupancy vehicle lane because the truck's windows were tinted too dark. The officer then discovered that sitting in the passenger seat was a very realistic mannequin complete with a COVID-19 face mask. The driver said he had been using the dummy to travel in the HOV lanes for over a year. He got a ticket that carries a fine of up to 490 bucks. <laughs> I guess once again, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. If you want to be in an HOV lane, then get the dummy, put the mask on it, and just go from there. I love it that this guy's been doing this for over a year. That's great. Staying in California, a woman visited the DMV for a new driver's license. When she got her photo taken, the employee forgot to have her take off her mask, but realized the mistake and retook the picture. When Leslie Pilgrim's new $35 ID arrived in the mail, though, she was surprised to find that the DMV used her picture with her mask on. That's not going to be a very good ID photo, is it? <laughs> She's since been contacted to come back in and have the photo retaken. Oh, my gosh. Why can't you just use the other photo they took? I don't know. That's a great question. Well, plastic surgeon Dr. Scott Green appeared through video conference for a traffic violation trial because of the pandemic. The proceedings were live streamed. Here are some of the highlights. Hello, Mr. Green? Yes. Hi. Are you uh, available for trial? It, it kind of looks like you're in an operating room right now. I am, sir. I'm in an operating room. Yes, I'm available for trial. Go right ahead. Okay. If I could get you to raise your right hand for me, please. Do you solemnly state under penalty of perjury that the testimony you provide today will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. So unless I'm mistaken, I'm seeing a defendant that's in the middle of an operating room appearing to be actively engaged in providing services to a patient. Is that correct, Mr. Green? Yes, sir. Or what I should, should I say, Dr. Green, but I don't know that. Okay, that's so, okay. Um, I do not feel comfortable uh, for the welfare of a patient if you're in the process of operating that I would put on a trial, notwithstanding the fact that the officer's here today. What's, I, have another, I have another surgeon right here who's doing the surgery with me, so I can stand here and allow them to do the surgery also. Not at all. I'm, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's appropriate. I think we're going to have, I'm going to come up with a different date when you're not actively involved or participating in attending to the needs of a patient. The Medical Board of California is investigating. Oh, my God. Yep. I got another guy over here. 
He'll carve it up. I'll, I'm just going to stand here. But I want to do be part of this trial as well. Oh, my gosh. I wow. believe he had a nurse holding the cell phone, pointing the cell phone at him during the... Come on, man. Jeez. <laughs> it's, this is too much. My gosh. Well, that is this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. Ken, have you ever had uh, surgery where the surgeon was doing anything other than the surgery? No, and hopefully in the future, that never happens to me because I'm worried if my doctor's going to be on trial. I don't know if that's what I want. So the doctor's doing the the surgery, and he's (laughs) virtually in court, and you hear beep, beep, and then do you hear beep? That is the most lunacy thing I have ever heard in my life. Oh, oh man, what a what a collection you had this time, man. Your claps clips. I tell you, we've had a couple of weeks where I'm like, oh, these are the best. No, it just keeps getting better. So, well, and let's let's thank our our president Joe Biden. He does not disappoint. Oh, I love President Biden, but my gosh, we might have something with him every week too. So, <laughs> holy cow. <clears throat> well, next week on the show. Shane Rock CEO Eric Haddad is going to join us. Can tell folks what Shane Rock is. Sure. Shane Rock is a group that actually raises money for pediatric cancer. So Eric was uh, actually him and I went to Ignatius at the same time. Eric was a very good football player, went to Purdue, and we'll have the opportunity to talk to him about that. But then him and his wife, because he is a child that has pediatric uh, cancer and is recovering and wanted to put something together to kind of help others. And it's an amazing foundation. They've done some wonderful stuff. They do stuff and activities all throughout Cleveland. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity as we head here into a couple of weeks in March and close to the St. Patrick's Day to kind of talk about the foundation and see how we can help them. Awesome. Well, look forward to that and look forward to seeing what other nonsense will occur. <laughs> <laughs> highlight My God. our program. Oh, Thank, luckily, before we podcast, that I, I use the restroom because I tell you, there's a couple of times that I'm laughing so hard I can't even breathe. I'm going to pee my pants. I want to know if that poor woman in California that got the the DMV used the photo of her with her mask on. I hope they don't charge her another thirty five bucks. One can only hope. <laughs> this Holy isn't cow. me. I don't know if this is me. Yeah, I want to hang out with the guy that's driving around with the dummy in the car so he can be in the HOV lane. I'm yeah, sorry. That that to me is that is classic. If so. you're in the car, then he's legitimately allowed to be in the HOV lane. That's a heck of a ride. Ted, I just want to make one final announcement. One final announcement. Is it that you're going to wager on the Cavaliers this week? No, nope, no, nope, oh. that's shut down. Okay. That's shut down. What is I just want to announce. I have one quick announcement. Yes. Please. We're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.